0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023. Hope you are all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the daily crow of the Spurs up show. I do apologize for being a minute or two late uh, was about to go live, and our camera sort of glitched out, so I had to restart the Mac. So, again, I do apologize for the delay, but we are here. We are rocking. We are rolling. And we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls. As always, 843 That 843 843-790-3377. I see Braddock, Chad, Travis Allen, Skyland, Travi, John Edward, Ethan, Bruination, G.A., and Todd Smith. What's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered. There again, guys, really excited to chat with each and every single one of you. And I'm expecting a riveting conversation, as always. Again, your questions, comments, calls at 843-790-3377. You can also text that number if you would prefer to text in. So you got many ways to communicate with us. Guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends. Over at Price Picks. go download the Price Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to so receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play literally anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, you name it. They've got it over at Price Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow and of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks and you should as well. So again go down to the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and when you do use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show Sent you again, guys. Cheers! Great day to have a day, and looking forward to chatting with you all. Uh, first things first, some exciting news. Woke up this morning to a DM from our good friend Travis Hancock over at WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I will be going on the airwaves tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., 92.7 FM, WFNZ on the Mac and Bone show, again, which is out of Charlotte, North Carolina, which, you know, is really cool, guys, because it's one of those life-comes-full-circle moments, and, and I'm sure I'll share this with those guys tomorrow, but, you know, as I'm sure many of you know this, I started the business in Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived there August of 2015 to May of 2019, and I used to listen to these shows in the morning, commuting, to my corporate job. So to be going on those airwaves now and talking Gamecocks, I mean, it's truly a blessing. Guys, that being said, let's jump to the phone lines. Skylon, what's up, man? How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. appreciate you asking. What's going on?
2: <clears throat> Ready for baseball game today.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to kick Charleston Southern's ass. I, I'll be totally honest with you. But, uh, yeah, no, anyways, it's uh, it'll be a great opportunity to bounce back and and definitely get some momentum going into a big weekend.
2: Most definitely, uh, Braswell's pitching today.
1: Braswell? Yeah. Michael Braswell's pitching today. I don't know if he's starting, but he's pitching today. That's interesting. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. I think <clears throat> they, they also going to pitch Dylan Eskew today, too. He hadn't so. pitched in a while. So I don't know who they're going to start or where they're going to go. Right. I would, I would imagine them starting John Simpson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because he has started before. Yeah, he started
1: uh, at the Citadel, right? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah,
1: he's. I was going to say he started at the Citadel, correct? <clears throat> right. Right. I thought he did pretty well, well in that game, that- too.
2: I do know that Broswell will be coming out of the pen tonight at some point in time.
1: That'll be fun to watch. That'll be very fun to watch then.
2: Well, McGillis will be back after the Kentucky weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if he's made an announcement or not.
1: Uh, about uh, about what now?
2: McGillis won't be back till after the Kentucky yeah, weekend. Yeah,
1: I, I don't – know he didn't make an announcement. He's, I mean, I think you know he's pretty discreet about everything, so –
2: Good news, Noah Hall doesn't have to have back surgery.
1: I did not know that. Okay. Well, that's good. That's he, that's contrary now, to yeah, that's contrary to what I've heard. So I'm I'm glad to hear it. We need him back.
2: He will be used as a reliever from now on. Mm. He will no longer be a starter. Any so, any
1: reason why to save his back or what? <clears throat> I think the bat.
2: I think the bat problems uh, is severe, so it allows him to only pinch it in in or two.
3: Right. Okay. Instead
2: of instead of going deep in a ball game and put that much more stress on his back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my own opinion.
1: So, hmm. but that's about it okay, I did not know that that's interesting
2: <clears throat> so, when will he be back? I don't know <clears throat> but as of right now i to talking to his mom Amy. this that is the plan to be a reliever to uh to not put much stress on his back right because hmm. no uh, uh, to his mom you know his mom's gonna talk him up hates being out she said that he is a competitor that he absolutely hates not playing and that he hates he can't help his teammates so he's willing to do anything he can do to help the team and his teammates to win ball games and that's if it's because he has to take another different role he does he will do what he needs to do
1: Yeah, and I'm sure he just wants to get out on the bump in any way, so it help this team win games. So, I mean, either way, it'll be a huge addition to get him back. Um, I know we feel confident in the the pitching depth with or without him, but, you know, you you definitely would prefer to have him, for sure, in some capacity. So, whether that's Mm -hmm. out of the bullpen or starting a game, uh, good to hear that it sounds like maybe he will pitch again.
2: I asked about the surgery. Uh, She said we do not need to speculate. That is not true. That he's working with a lot of doctors, and as the people that don't like Noah Hall that are telling lies and saying lies about his back, but he will be. I either. mean, I, who,
1: who, yeah, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I was just gonna say, who, who doesn't like Noah Hall enough to do that? But
2: I will send you the I screenshots <laughs> when we get off the phone. But according to her, and she's well known, and she's in a lot, she's in a lot of groups, she says. He says that you know there's a lot of people that don't like Noah Hall, so, mm-hmm. hmm. which I was shocked because I said that he was the he's been the best pitcher for the last two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've I don't know, I've I've never come across someone that did not like Noah Hall, but I mean, sure, I guess, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm I sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. There's haters. I most,
2: everywhere. I most definitely will send you the screenshots. As soon as we got home. Hmm. But I thought McGillis could be back this weekend. Apparently not. The cast comes off next week. Then they're going to give him a week to rehab or like practice. Then he would be back after the week of Kentucky. Right. So I'm curious to see how Browsewood does do on the bump tonight because that is the plan. So
1: I'll be excited to see him pitch then because he, he was electric last year. So.
2: Does that does that mean he plays second to start the game and he goes to pitcher role? And, and I, you know, does, does yeah. you know that take his bat out or do they start him as pitcher so he can hit for take him out? He can instead of hitting for a pitcher, he can go to DH spot. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I got you. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, why not? Let him play the field and pitch. Why not?
2: well if you do that you have to go to you have to start pitching first. You can't you can't play the field and go to the pitcher. Mm. Start as a pitcher so you get hit for yourself. Then you can move to second so they can open up another guy to then become a designated hitter. that's how that anyway what was your takes on the past weekend?
1: You know, I I think it was a good team that had a bad weekend. Um, I think Bandy's a really good team, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we won game one and then lost the series. But, you know, defensively, we've got to clean it up. I'm I'm sure you would agree we're one of the worst in the SEC right now with errors, which is surprising. Surprising to say the least, but uh, we just got to clean it up defensively. I mean, I I think we'll be fine. I mean, you lose two or three on the road to a top five team, and it is what it is. But you need to bounce back this weekend for sure. I mean, you got – Florida on the home field so now it's kind of you know you turn it back and say okay well if you're gonna I guess if we're gonna quote-unquote make the excuse of uh, being on the road and how tough it is on the road in the SEC you got to protect the home field now right at Founders Park so but I mean again I, I think it was a good team that just had a bad weekend a bad two days and you know I, I don't think it's it's all of a sudden we're gonna go into a tailspin if you will I, I, I don't leave the weekend hitting the panic button or anything like that. But, you know, I, the biggest area of concern, I just see, we just got to clean it up defensively. That's it. We got to clean it up defensively.
2: Right. The errors don't surprise me because we do have a lot of players playing where in positions they was not recruited at. Like Lee Croy and, you know, Petrie. You know, I don't get the whole Cole goes to first and, you know, Cassis goes to DH when Cole's not catching So the errors don't surprise me, but we definitely have to clean it up. And we definitely have to hit better. But uh, people forget, you know, people tend to forget, you know, Vanderbilt or uh, Auburn or, you know, Vanderbilt's a top five team and they're well coached and they're always going to be good year in and year out. I just, who they are, they're a private school. And they can give people full rise in baseball, mm-hmm.
4: and nobody can. Yeah,
2: people people just tend to forget. Hey, you know, baseball's <clears throat> a good a good team, a well coached mm-hmm. ball club that makes you defend and puts the ball in play and has speed on the bases. They they probably have the fastest baseball player I ever seen.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, I just feel like you know you 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 know you still went toe to toe with them. You didn't get blown out like they just been blowing everybody out. Number one, number two, you had a chance to win, but you know you had a bad weekend. Mm-hmm. It, you know, stuff happens, right? My now is, it can. We find a way to win a to stay together because we are banged up right now tremendously. Can we find a way to stay together and continue to win ball games to get to fifteen and fifteen and, and get healthy in the postseason?
1: Yeah, if we can't finish at least fifteen and fifteen right now, my guy, we really did crumble and implode down the stretch. So I, I, yeah. I think we're, uh, I think we're fine. I mean, we're at the halfway point, ten and four in conference play at the halfway point. I think uh, fifteen and fifteen is is the bare
2: minimum. So I, I oh, I, I think, wasn't saying we're not like right. I was just saying I just you know this team's banged up. You know mm-hmm. you got pitchers in the bullpen hurt. You know you like Austin Williams. He, he, he ain't going to be back for another three four weeks. You know, McGillis is hurt. You got Noah Hall hurt. He can't start now. You know, you, you, Lee Croy's battling an injury. You know, we, Hornham still got a broken foot. He's playing with. We are banged up, and I hope we get healthy at the right time. Because this team can be good if they're healthy. Right.
1: No, for sure. I mean, I I think so as well. So, hey, every team's dealing with injuries, though. Every team's dealing with injuries. Uh,
2: you know, you know, you know, you've never seen baseball as a sport to get hurt in because it's not a contact sport, but right. you do find ways to get hurt.
1: Yeah, baseball. Yeah, I mean, everybody's dealing with some sort of injury, so you know, you just hope that you have your best your best nine available. Um,
0: so,
2: I still think this is a super regional team. Yeah. I just hope, you know, at the end of the year, pieces will fall back in place. we would be healthy. Maybe Noah Hall can become back a starter
3: mm-hmm.
2: if something happens with his back. Who knows?
1: Who knows? skyline, I appreciate the call as always, my friend. Always a pleasure chatting with you.
2: Always. Mm.
1: All right, man. We'll talk. All right, guys. Really quick. I, I, I want to – this is on my mind. I'm going to speak on this real fast. I, I want to – how do I want to phrase this sort of a a TDC state of state of the union, if you will. But I, I want to speak on caller etiquette real quick and not speaking on Skyland, obviously, because I, I could have, whatever, I could have said something, but, and I'm putting the phone lines on do not disturb for this. Cause I don't want anybody to call him. I don't care who you are. I don't want you to call him. Not at this moment. Caller etiquette. All right, let's talk about caller etiquette, right? And my number one focus and concern is quality of this show, okay? Quality of this show, producing quality. People take their time out of their day, right? They could be doing anything else, but that two-hour time slot, noon to two, people take that two hours when they could literally be doing anything else and they tune into this show. And I'm speaking, by the way, out of a place of love, not out of a place of hate or irritation or being anything like that. Literally just giving feedback, right? I asked for you guys to give me feedback. Well, now I'm giving you feedback. For the people that call in, I'm no longer going to allow any calls to go past five minutes. Like, no more. As much as we all love the callers, I'm not going to name anybody by name. If you want to go longer than 10 minutes, 15 minutes, get your own podcast. Like, straight up. Do your own show. Do your own show. Because a lot of you call in, most of you call in, the people that do call in, you call in to have a back-and-forth conversation, to ask questions, and to engage. And those are the fun convos. Nobody enjoys the people that call in and just ramble for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'm just sitting there not saying a word. Again, this is not your therapy session. This is not your own podcast. Again, you can start your own show, right? If you want to have a conversation, we can do so. We can have back and forth. But when I mean caller etiquette, the point of calling in is to take questions and to have back and forth banter and conversation. It is not for you to go on a 10 to 15-minute spiel. I'm not saying this as a place of like, I'm higher up, I'm this, that, but this is my show. Nobody tunes in specifically to hear what you have to say. And again, I'm not speaking solely to Skyland. I'm just speaking in general, but this sort of kind of opened the door for it. And like normally it wouldn't, it doesn't really even phase me. Sometimes I kind of like it just chilling, but I know it's not driving value for the end consumer. I just know it's not. I know it's not. I've had feedback from people telling me, dude, this is cringe. This is annoying. It gets old. Like block this number, block that number. I'm not calling anybody out. But caller etiquette is a thing. The whole point is to have back and forth conversation. And like I said, guys, if you have so much to say where you need to go on a 10 to 15 minute rant, call your buddy, call your friend, call your daddy, call your mama, whatever, start your own podcast. But this ain't the channel to do it. And I'm going to start hanging up on people, like straight up. When you get five, I'm not letting it go longer than five minutes. I'm just not doing it. And to me, it's kind of annoying When people call in and they're not even asking questions like they don't want to have back and forth, they don't want to have back and forth banter. They don't want to have conversation. They just want to use this platform to air their own thoughts and their own opinions and their own purse sources and their own whatever. So I'm saying this out of love, right? I'm saying it out of love because I love everyone that calls in, but I speak, I think, for the masses. I mean, if you read the comments, I think I'm speaking for the masses that nobody enjoys these long-winded 10- to 15-minute calls, man. And we only get two hours. Two hours isn't that many. And then you think of three, five-minute breaks. We get an hour and 45 minutes. And if there's three calls that are 15 minutes, that's 45 minutes. We only get an hour. You know what I mean? And obviously, I'm not just going nonstop for an hour. So you're just taking away from the value that the show provides. Now, if you tune into, like, Fine Bomb, you tune into any other show, from what I've seen, they let them get, like, one sentence in, and they hang up on them. So, from now on, I'm going to tell you all this. If you call in, and you're being long-winded, and I hang up, just don't take it personal. But just know, hey, that's feedback for me that I need to wrap it up next time. Like, you know what I mean? Get in, make your point, Ask your question. And, hey, there's some calls that I'll probably let go longer than five minutes. Like yesterday, when we had our guy on asking about the running back position and, and, the like, going back and forth, that was fun, right? That was good conversation. But just this straight-up just rambling for 10 minutes, man, and talking about your personal life and what you got going on with Mama and Daddy at the trailer park and what you got going on in the suburbs and what you got going on with – Bro, nobody gives a shit, man. Like, nobody cares. Like, I hate to say that. You know, nobody cares. We don't care. Sometimes it's funny. But I think what happens sometimes is some of our callers become a little too self-aware. They become a little too self-aware. And by the way, Trailer Park, I'm speaking of Big Dick Dale, by the way. I'm speaking on Dale specifically. I want to make that clear. (laughs) But like some of our callers have just gotten way too self-aware to where it's like they're calling in almost trying to make it a bit, right? Like, and then that's when it becomes, like, really just... You're not calling in to drive any sort of value to even... You're not even calling in to have conversation. You're just calling in for the sake of, like, it makes you feel good and it's an ego boost. Like, that's not what the point of this show is, man. So... I just wanted to say that. Again, I say it out of love, but dude, I'm just, I get tired of it too. And as business continues to grow and evolve and like, I knew this was probably going to have to come to where the day where, you know, there's some people, let's just call it for what it is. Let's just be transparent. There's some people that we allow to call in that probably other shows would not, right? There's some people we allow to ramble that other shows would block their number. So I'm just saying, I'm saying it out of love. Call in, make your point. Make your point, state your opinion, whatever. Ask your question, but get off the line. And if you're just calling in to rant and have a 20-minute convo, again, there are other people I'm sure you have in your life. You can leave it in a comment. You can literally leave it in a comment. But there's no need to call in and take up 20 minutes of airspace. Even 10 minutes of airspace, 15 minutes of airspace. There's no need, man. Because you're taking away from the value. And honestly, man, you're driving down the numbers. Like, people don't want to tune into it. You know? So, again, as business grows and evolves and, like, we have to be focused on the product for the end consumer. We have to be focused on driving value to you all. Because, you know, who knows? There might be a new person tuning into The Daily Crow. There might be a new person tuning into TDC who's never seen it before, and they tune in, and they hear so-and-so on a 15-minute rant. They're like, bro, this show sucks. You know what I mean? This show sucks. This show is boring. This show is dragging. Like, I, I, so I got to think about that, guys. I got to think about that. So anyways, I'm going to open the phone lines back up. And like I said, I'm going to give you five minutes. I'm going to give you five minutes. But if you go if you go past five minutes, one second, I'm hanging up on you. That's that. So anyways, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. 3377 And hey, if you're not comfortable with that, just leave a comment. I read the comments, y'all know, and I see everybody in the comments that approves and says, thank God, and, you know, it's, again, it's not normally something that really bothers me necessarily. It's not something that bothers me normally, but, like, today, man, I, and I, and this is something that's been coming for a while. It's It's been coming for a while, but if you're not driving value to the show, you're taking value away, and I just won't have it. I just won't have it. I will not have people on the airlines that take value away from the show. This isn't to, like, come at anybody or scare anybody or talk, you know, talk down to anybody. It's, it's just keeping it a buck, which is what we do here, keeping it a buck. Chad Godwin says, people stop, people stop the worry on the baseball team. Guys lost one series to a great ball club at their house. It's baseball. We're going to lose games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going to lose games. I, again, I think it's a good team that had a bad weekend. The biggest thing is this, just don't let it turn into a negative trend, right? Bad things are going to happen. You're going to lose games in baseball. The biggest thing is just don't let it snowball, right? It's kind of like kind of like golf, which you could argue this is like, you know, baseball as well. In golf, <clears throat> you know, what one of the things that makes the pros pros is they never follow up a bad shot with another bad shot most of the time. Like that's a rule of thumb. If you cannot follow up a bad shot with a bad shot, right? If you can follow up a bad shot with a good shot every time, you're probably going to be in a pretty good position at the end of the round. So same thing with baseball, right? Never follow up a walk with an error, an error with a walk. Never follow up something bad with something else bad, right? Same thing in winning and losing games. The last thing you want to avoid is streaks, right? So I, I think this team will be fine. Um, you got a great opportunity coming home this weekend. And I- I- I'm, Listen, I'm not telling you if you lose two or three to Florida, you should burn it down. The sky's falling again. It's tough. This is the SEC, but... You know, I, I'll just say that, you know, you got them at home. You want to protect your home field. And Florida's a team that, yes, I've been very high on them. I've been very high. I know Brendan M's giving me a lot of hell. Brendan's giving me a lot of hell on how good I think Florida is. I think they are very good, but their bullpen is very suspect. We'll dive into them, dive into them more starting tomorrow. Their bullpen's very suspect, though, Uh I think there will be a lot of runs scored. I, I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored this weekend. And, again, you got a great opportunity. On your home field, you feel you feel comfortable at the friendly confines. And, you know, you should be able to at minimum win two of three. Braddock says you need a, you need a producer. It's gotten to that level. I mean, maybe so, my guy. We definitely need a way to screen calls. We, we do. We need a way to screen calls. Like, I don't know exactly what I would need, what the setup would look like, um, but screening calls would be good. Although I, I, I could just start saving numbers of people that I know call in on a consistent basis. Um, but again, man, I, I just, if anybody listen, if you got any questions about anything I said about the whole caller etiquette thing, reach out to me directly. I, I'd love to talk with you and chat and have an open and honest conversation. Guys, I've built this business. We built this show. i built everything I do off of transparency and honesty, right? So I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you, but I just felt like it finally needed to be said. It finally, because I I just, I see it too often, man. People just, they don't, like, and it kind of, what irks me is, like, too often people don't call in to have a conversation. They don't call in because they, they don't call in, or at least they make it seem this way. They don't call in because they even give a shit what I have to say. They don't care what I have to say. They call in just to say what they want to say, and they want to use me and this platform to air it out because they feel cool. Look at me. I'm, I'm famous. I'm on the Daily Crow. Look at me. Like, nah, this ain't the spot. <laughs> this ain't the spot. You can start your own show, start your own podcast. Like, hey, I know y'all didn't, y'all weren't the biggest fan of her, but Lady Bree, hey, at least Lady Bree went and did her own thing. Lady Bree started her own podcast, right? Like, kudos, cheers. You know what I mean? Like, if you have that much to say, start your own show. I will help you get started. I will literally show you what you need to get started. But your 20-minute rant is not for the Daily Crow. It's certainly not for it on a, on a daily basis. Uh, anyways, uh, Austin Greer, when you call in, it is a banger, my friend. Yeah, you, you don't, you, when, do you, when do you call in? When do you call? Austin says, thank you for saying this. I get 30 minutes of the Daily Crow a day, and more than 15 minutes of it is the same caller all day. I hear you. Let Braswell cook indeed, my guy. Uh, Lynn Turner. So now we've held our own with two top five teams and really beat ourselves in Nashville. If we can zone it on defense, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, it's, it's, you can't make six errors in a weekend against the fourth ranked team in the country and win. I just don't think that that's not going to be a recipe for success at any point. So, and it's a shame you didn't get game three against LSU. I, it really is because, you know, if, if you were to win that game, are we having a little bit of a different conversation? Maybe. I mean, I think we're still we still feel really good, but it uh, it would have been nice. It would have been nice just to win that third game. But uh, you know, I, guys, like I said, I, I think it was a bad weekend for a good team. Right? It was a bad two days. You didn't play great defense. The bats went cold. Credit Vandy. They have one of the best bullpens in college baseball. I think we'll be fine. I really do. I, I'm certainly. I mean, baseball guys, it's a game where like if you hit the panic button. Every time you lose a game or lose a series, like, you're just going to go crazy. I mean, I've got this thing hanging up back here, the 2010 National Champions. That team lost 16 games. This team has lost six. So, like, we're right on pace. We're good. We're right on pace. You know what I mean? So, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're absolutely fine. Bruin Nation says, I really hope the Nick E rumors are just that rumors. Bruin Nation, I have not heard a single rumor about Nicky Mawori. What, sir, are you talking about? I, I have heard the news on Jalen Nichols. Uh, the rumors, which they're not really even rumors, but I, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spread the information from, you know, we'll have J.C. Sherbert on Thursday and we'll ask him directly and I'm sure he will share with us what is going on or at least what he knows at this point, but it doesn't sound good on the Jalen Nichols front. It doesn't sound good. It does not sound good. So, uh, let's see. Jacob E., what point do we think about sitting Cassis and moving Messina to first and French to catcher? Well, then, I I was going to say who's your DH, but you could put, like, Hornung. There's other options. You know, Jacob, maybe it starts tonight. Maybe they sit him tonight. I I, I think, though, the reason you're seeing Jacob, and, and, you know, he was our who's not of the weekend. He went one for 11 on the weekend. But Cassis is a guy, Jacob, that, you know, I I wouldn't mind sitting him tonight. Give him a breather. Give him a night off. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. But also, Cassis is just one of your guys. You know what I mean? He's one of your guys. And so, I'm not surprised they keep rolling him out there because they just believe he's going to get it going. You know, they, they, he's in a slump, but they feel like he'll get it going. So, I think if you're going to give him a night off, it's tonight, but I don't think you take him out of the weekend lineup. He, he's just, he's too lethal. He's too good because, Jacob, when he does get hot, He's one of your best hitters. And especially being at Founders Park, he loves swinging it there. He's had a lot of home runs there. I mean, we've talked about, you know, we've, we, we've talked about how, um, you know, how, how favorable Founders Park is to left-handed hitters. So, I, I think that uh, the weekend series, you got to have him in there. But tonight, if you want to sit him, I think it will make a lot of sense. I think it will make a lot of sense for sure. So, uh, Kyle Davis, any updates on Noah Hall? Well, Skyland just called in and told us that apparently that he doesn't need back surgery and maybe he's going to come out of the bullpen. I have no idea, bro. I have no clue. Uh, Skyland just overloaded me with so much information. I have no idea what's right, wrong, and different, whatever. I've heard what I've heard on Noah Hall from two different people that apparently it came from Noah Hall directly. So this certainly, by the way, I want to speak to it. I'm not insinuating that a guy like Austin Greer, or anybody was insinuating this, but I'm certainly not spreading like false rumors or trying to confirm any false rumors. Like I'm just telling you all what I've heard that I've heard from two different people that have said they've taught to Noah Hall directly that his season could be over. So, I don't know, though. That could be totally wrong. The information could have changed. I don't want that to be accurate, obviously. That's just what I've heard. But are the odds that Noah Hall's out for an extended period of time, are they true? Probably so. Probably so. We'll see, though. I I I hope he comes back soon. I hope he comes back soon. Bruin Nation said JC and them were talking on it. Said they hadn't heard anything but rumors out there that he's chasing a bag. God, if, dude, if Nick Emanwari hit the portal, holy yikes. Ruination. I don't want to believe that, bro. I I holy yikes. Holy yikes. Holy yikes. Uh guys, ESPN F P I, the football power index, dropped this morning. And boy, oh boy. Is this something that will be highly debated and talked about? The Gamecocks ranked 42nd in the FPI. Let me just pull it up here. Let me, let me just pull it up. Let's see. ESPN Football Power Index. Where are you? Here we go. 2023 Football Power Index. Okay. The Gamecocks are 42nd. ESPN, again, this is their FPI, and it's 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 off a decimal system, right? So, for example, UCLA is 41st. The FPI says 7.6 and 4.4 is their projected record. So do you round up? Do you stay where you are? Whatever. Gamecocks are 42nd. ESPN projects us 5.5 and 6.5. So ESPN... Is projecting the Gamecocks if we round up to go six and six. I, I mean, like guys, I'll just say this: no context needed. Florida is 18th in the FBI, six point eight and five and two or five point two seven and five is what they're projecting Florida to go. Is it bogus? Is it BS? Is it nonsense? You tell me. North Carolina is at 25th in the FBI. So, guys, probably seeing this and seeing some other things we've seen, there's a good chance, there's a good chance that, there's a good chance that North Carolina will be ranked and Carolina will be unranked in that game, in that season opener. I mean, we've already seen the way too early line. You can see a one and a half point favorite. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I, that, I just, I don't know, man. The, what does the FBI really mean? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. I don't even know how they really calculate it. What, what stats they use or the roster? or, You know, looks like. Uh, Yeah, so six-win percentage. They also factor this in. Which this, this to me is crazier than anything else. Okay? This to me is crazier than anything else. Get this. Okay, here we go. I'm going to highlight this so I can see it. Here we go. They give the Gamecocks a 48% chance to get to a
4: Bowl
1: game. 48% to get to a bowl game. That is the six wins percentage from the FBI, the Football Power Index by ESPN. 48%. Not even 50-50. 48% chance that Carolina gets to a bowl. Who is making these numbers? Like, what computer... What slap dickery is taking place to where you're saying this football team has a 48% chance to go to a bowl game? Listen, I, I, I keep it as real as anybody out there in regards to hey, if I thought this team was going six and six, I'd tell you, right? I feel like I'm kind of always the one bringing expectations back down to a more realistic level, right? I mean, think about last year, even year before, right? I, I try to keep it real, but like, to tell me that, Chris, there's a greater chance this team doesn't go to a bowl game than does, you actually think this team's going to go 5-7? and seven? You're smoking crack. Like, like you're straight-up smoking crack. And it's such a slap in the face to Beamer and, and what they've built, the football program. I I, I don't understand it. I, I don't want, I, And thank goodness, FPI means nothing. I mean, it means nothing, but 48%... Six-win percentage. Crazy. I mean, that is Looney Tunes. That is straight-up Looney Tunes stuff right there. That's crazier than anything else on that list. 48%. You're joking. You're absolutely joking. Anyways, it's, again, FPI's BS anyways. Doesn't matter. Um, Let's see. Back to your questions. Back to your questions, your comments. Bad Brad says, "Going to be dope starting off the season with a top twenty-five win." Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm curious what the I'm curious what the uh, the AP says. The top twenty-five is UNC in there. Yeah, Chris, Clem sucks. Ranked eighth, eighth in the FBI. And GA asked the question. I'm glad he brings it up. He says, what was it last year? I don't exactly remember what we were ranked, but uh, just to give you some context, the FBI had Carolina 6-6 six and six last year as well. So, uh, again, what difference does it make? Let's see. I, I mean, actually, I can just pull up 2022. It's right here. Um, let's see. 2022, Carolina was 49th. Carolina was 49th in the FBI. I believe this is preseason. I don't know. This might have been postseason. I don't know. Anyways, silliness, just flat-out silliness. All right, let's jump to the phone lines. Call
4: from awesome. oh. Hold on.
1: <clears throat> Hunter, what's up, man? How are you?
4: I'm good, man. What's you?
1: I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Yeah, so
4: uh, about what you're talking about, um, that, that's what I don't get. So like you know we'll we'll be we'll we'll like you know start doing really really good and all. Uh, I guess like you say say back in 2012 and 2013 when we were like 11 and 0. I guarantee you they're probably putting us at like nine and three and stuff like that. Like you know last year we were doing you know what what were you last year? We're we're like uh, seven and six. No, what, what were you last eight year? and eight five, five was the
1: final. Yeah, eight and five. Eight and five.
4: Yeah, so eight and five, and now people are predicting us because we got the hardest schedule in the country, and I guess like now they're predicting us to go five and seven, just like
3: you
4: (laughs) said. And that's I just don't get what the records are, or you know how how they just project us.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll say this: I'm I'm probably not going to be drinking the Kool Aid of 10 and two, 11 and one, or winning the SEC East. But I mean, man, five and seven to me, saying that Carolina is going to go five and seven is just as if not even more aggressive. I, like I'll, I'll say this, I think it's more likely Carolina goes ten and two than five and seven. I really do. Sure, I would right. be barring any—I don't even like to say the I word, but like injuries or barring anything unforeseen. There's no way this team's going five and seven. There's just no way. I, I just it no. would have to be like a nightmare type of year for that to happen, and I just don't see it. So, um, you know, I, I and I, I'll say this to the point of why we've talked about why it's so important for Carolina to win eight games this season, eight or more. And we talked about this with uh yeah. my guy James Hickey of On3 talking about setting the new floor and stability with the program. And, you know, South Carolina football, just, cut, just to keep it a buck, man, we still just don't get the benefit of the doubt. You, you just don't. Because people look at the Gamecocks and say, well, historically they've fallen off. Historically they're not good. Historically – I mean, you think right. about it. We've only won, what, nine-plus games in a season – I think seven times. We've only won 10 games in a season look at, four look times.
4: At, uh, Tennessee. Look at Tennessee. I mean, they they haven't won, a you know, I guess like 11, 11 wins in like who, who knows how many years since like 2001 or 2002. And like now people are projecting them to win, you know, the national championship and stuff like that. And, well, you know,
1: and to your, that hey, to your like point, though, to your point, though, about Tennessee, why does Tennessee get the benefit of the doubt? They've won a national championship yep. and they're a top 10 all-time winning program in college football. That's why, I mean, you may not like it, but that's why people still view Tennessee, especially right. those who cover it for a living, right? They're probably older dudes and they remember Tennessee being really, really good for a sustained period of time. South Carolina does not get yeah. that benefit of the doubt. It, it just, it just, you know, it's, it's, and that's what Shane Beamer's fighting to change is the perception of Cox football. And Hey, you keep winning, and you keep recruiting the way you are, it will it will change. That you won't have a choice but to like like a program like and I I could be wrong, but this is just my lifetime as a college football fan. A program like Oregon wasn't always, you know, thought. You think of Oregon now, you're like that's a good program and they're winning ten plus every year. They weren't always thought of that way, but you go a decade right. and you win big for a, a decade straight or a ten years straight, you change the perception of your program. That. So, that's why I think it's important, man. If you can win eight-plus this year, you really do start to change the perception of, okay, South Carolina is really here to stay. You know, they're they're not going to fall off, right? They're going to be an eight-plus win team every year, which would be a great start for the program. It would.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I appreciate it,
1: man. Hunter, you're the man. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too. Yeah, great stuff from Hunter Kelly, as always. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from – You, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more, you're tuned in
3: to The Daily Crow. All
1: right, guys, we're back. Taking our questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Of course, let me remind you, Thursday, we are at Carolina Alehouse Fort Mill as we continue the spring tour. Just two stops left. Going to be a really, really good time. Looking forward to hanging out with all the Fort Mill Gamecocks and all the Gamecocks in the Charlotte area as well. Uh, it'll also serve as a watch party as Gamecocks baseball takes on Florida at 7.30. The game is on ESPNU so again looking forward to hanging out with you guys we'll have the Beamer Ball to the Moon Tour shirts for sale the towels the koozies we'll have koozies the giveaway you guys know the drill going to be a great night at Carolina Alehouse in Fort Milne and of course next Thursday our final stop of the tour as we head to Myrtle Beach beautiful Myrtle Beach uh, to hang out with you guys going to be a lot of fun looking forward to to it uh, again, guys. Thank y'all so much for the love, the support. Appreciate you all tuning in, and appreciate your understanding. By the way, if I was a little bit harsh, I apologize. But uh, just had some things I need to get off my chest in regards to the the callers that call on this show, who we value greatly, who we value greatly. But uh, just something needed to be said, and I have been putting off for a while. So uh, I, I saw somebody comment by the way that there are rumors JCH two thousand. 16 on Twitch says, have you heard the rumors that Jordan Birch is unhappy in Oregon and wanting to come back? Now that would be interesting. You know, when it comes to that that guys, I guess I would just say this, it comes down to what is the relationship like between Birch and Shane Beamer and what type of you know, what what type of uh exit did he have? You know, what what type of exit did he have? You know, is it one of those things where it was an ugly exit, or was it an understanding, or, or what have you. So, um, you know, that that would be pretty wild. But, you know, you're probably going to see that in the portal. Y- you might see that. I mean, listen, the grass, the grass is not always greener on the other side, guys. The, the grass is not always greener, you know? It's not. So, and I think a lot of guys are going to, they're going to figure that out. They're going to figure that out. So, you know, that, that, that would be nuts. I have not seen that rumor, heard that rumor, nothing like that. But, uh, yes, I mean, that's the first I've heard of it. But uh, that would be something. That would be something. Coach Ford says, we have an unknown OC, no RB1, no running back depth, no wide receiver depth, the suspect O-line along with the D that lost a lot. Coach Ford, did you hear Brad Crawford's comments yesterday? He's actually very high on the wide receivers. And I thought what stood out the most from what Brad had to say is that he feels like Xavier Leggett can be a seven to eight hundred yard receiver this year, which I, I think would be incredible. I mean, I, I think that'd be a fantastic year for Xavier Leggett, and that's probably above what I was expecting for him and what my expectations probably even will be. But I mean, if you could have Juice Wells go over a thousand and Leggett have seven to eight hundred, I think you had a pretty good offense. I think you had a really good offense. How about Mark Ryan too saying yesterday on his radio show that he he can't see anybody holding the Gamecocks under thirty points per game. So a lot of people left that spring game very high on the Gamecocks offense. I, I I you know I feel good about the offense. I ain't willing to say all that though. That's 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 that feels maybe a little bit aggressive. That that feels like a bit of a spring game overreaction, if you will.
3: So. Anyways,
1: eight four three seven nine zero three three seven. So, Greg Bedinger says in the Big Cock Club Discord, if our O line struggles again, we could only win six or seven games. You know, just just looking ahead to the season, I, I just think to myself, what deems success and failure, what have you? I mean, I, I think eight and four, eight wins or more, everybody will be happy. Everybody will be happy, right? I don't think seven and five is a failure. I think it's an average season, right? It's it's a season in which guys and I talked about this last year. As long as you're making bowl games in the first I'd say 5 seasons and you're winning a couple of big games here they're like last year for example. Yeah, you won 8 games, but you also beat Tennessee and Clemson in 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 the process and that was you know that that was really what put the signature I think on your season and I think those two wins guys helped massively in recruiting. I mean absolutely because They showed promise for the future of what you can be, right? So even if you go 7-5, and you know, if you're able to reel off some big wins, if you can beat Clemson Sucks for the second year in a row, I think you can continue to keep the positive momentum on the recruiting trail, which is what's most important, right? As long as you're recruiting well, your program has a chance to reach great heights. 6-6 and is a massive disappointment, I think. And five and seven or are, are worse is a complete failure. It's a complete failure. Um, You know, the goal, in my opinion, should be eight and four minimum. Absolute minimum. And I'm talking, of course, guys, and I shouldn't have to preface this, but from the fan perspective, of course, the goal inside the building is to win every game. We get that. I'm just saying, though, that eight and four better, I think, should be deemed a successful season, right? Because of, you know, this team has real question marks. There's no doubt. This team's got real question marks. I'm not even sure that I expected this amount of question marks going into this season, but here we are, right? And it's like I taught last summer as well, right? The Garnet Glasses view of things, the chicken curse view of things, and the realistic view of things. Because what you have to understand, and I think some people, they miss this when they make their predictions. They see it, for example, South Carolina's game against Tennessee last year. And people predict the season based off of, okay, we're going to play that way. We're going to play that way. Right? Every single week. And that's just not the case, guys. Your your team's not going to play their A-plus game every single week. So some things are going to work out better than you expect some things are going to work out worse than you expect some things are going to be right in the middle exactly where we expect them right so you have to think of it that way and you got to be realistic about it right but again there's a garnet glasses view chicken curse view and a realistic view and so i think 8 and 4 is right there in the middle you know i think 9 and 3 would be a great season 10 and 2 is probably unrealistic let's just call it for what it is it probably is it probably is. Seven and five could definitely happen. Six and six, I, I I think you're not giving enough credit to what Carolina's got. But, and there's two sides of looking at everything I'm about to say, but you go down the list. Hey, big question marks. Spencer Rattler and his consistency. Dowell Loggins is a play caller. Who knows? The running back position. Who the hell's RB1? O-line. Looks like you might have just lost your left tackle for the season. You lose... Already you lost two starters from last year. Now you might lose nickels for the year. So you got three starters gone. Question marks there. And the, and the O-line, it's not like we had the best O-line in college football last year. You were middle of the pack at best. Wide receivers? Who's wide receiver two out of juice? I mean, Nick Carver's a great athlete, but he's a true freshman. What can you do? I, I, I am excited for Nick Carver, though. Defensive front, couldn't stop the run at all. Who's going to play edge? Is Brian Thomas Jr. actually that good? Can you, can you stop the run? Linebacker, I, I think you upgraded. I really do. Will Mo Caba be 100%? We'll see. Hey, Pup Howard's a freshman. Tough transition. Stone Blanton, has he improved, right? A lot of people told me, Chrissy was slow last year as he improved. And in the secondary, you lose your top two guys. Both NFL guys. And I know especially our big cock club guys, they love to talk Marcellus Island and all that, but now the pressure's on him. Right? There is no Cam Smith and Debrius Rush to, you know, you're just kind of the, the fun third guy. It's on you now. Your DB number one is Marcellus Dial ready to be DB number one. Not three, number one. Right? He's going up against their best every week. And O'Donnell Fortune, who did some nice things last year, but he's got a lot to prove as well. So, if you want question marks, there are question marks all over the football team. Now, on the flip side, right, on the flip side, everything I just said could swing the positive. Beamer ball to the moon, and we we might win nine games. I mean, so it's intriguing. That's what makes it so much fun to talk about, though, is you can literally look at it both sides. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns, right? And that's And Again, that's literally what makes college football so much fun is we try to predict and dissect and, and give our thoughts on things, and we just, you know, you you don't really know. You don't really know. That's what makes it fun. Um, Let's see. Travis says, Leggett and Wells can be the dudes. Coach Ford says, Leggett and the kid from Memphis must step up. I agree with you. I agree with you. Eddie Lewis needs to pan out. They targeted him a lot in the spring game. They targeted him a lot in the spring game. Um he, he needs to play a big role. Amarian Brown needs to play a big role. To carry on, Joiner if he slides back out, he needs to play a big role. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from... Rob-
5: Robbie Davis, Zachary Hall of Famer.
1: To- Robbie, what's up, man? How are you?
5: I'm doing good. I was gonna, I'm was. i going to go ahead and call in real quick because I'm going home back to Monk's Corner later on this evening. So I'm going to give you my three things and then I'm going to get off of here. Um... First things first, if I ever start my own podcast and stuff, okay, I already know who my first guest is going to be.
1: I'd be honored. It'd be a privilege. (laughs) Truly, truly. I
5: didn't even have to say your name and you already (laughs) knew. I'd be be
1: honored, Robbie. I'd be honored. Maybe I made an unfair assumption to say it would be myself.
5: (laughs) Um, But anyways, now, and I thought about this last night. If we don't get a, running back, a proven running back out of the portal, okay, mm-hmm. who do you think could be the guy if we don't get a running back out of the portal?
1: From what I saw on Saturday in the spring game, to me, Mario Anderson looks like he most looks like an RB1. Um, I mean, I like things that the carry on joiner did. And so if they wanted to run with him as the RB one, then, you know, let's go, let's see. You know what I mean? Like when I look at though, like, I mean, obviously I think easily it's, it's, it's easy to gravitate to Mario Anderson because he's literally done it before, no matter what level it was at. I mean, the guys ran for over 3000 yards in his college career. So he's been an RB one before, um, you know, but – and then what is Dontavious Braswell to the true freshman? Can you really – are you are you going to lean on a true freshman to be RB1? I'd probably side, though, with Mario Anderson at this point. Like, if we didn't add anybody else, I'd probably side with Mario Anderson, and I think Juju and De'Kerion Joyner be more so kind of like your gadget backs, and I don't say that disrespectfully. <clears throat> I just say that based mm-hmm. on, like, what their skill set is. I would probably say Mario Anderson would be kind of yeah. your bell cow every down kind of guy.
5: Yeah, I like what I saw from him too, and I had no idea that Braswell could pitch.
1: Yeah, he pitched last year. <clears throat> he pitched last year. He closed out a, a couple of games last year. So yeah, yeah, he did. He did early okay. in the season. He did for sure. So okay, mm-hmm. okay.
5: so you basically got an extra arm in mm-hmm. case you need it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he <laughs> but, uh, he, he did I pitch last year.
5: Think mm-hmm. I can't remember which game it was that he pitched last year, but I do remember seeing him. Yeah, he college. pitched
1: some <clears> he I pitched mind. some non-conference games early in the season last year. Yeah. So he was yeah. good too. He was very good. Very good.
5: And I definitely think that we'll bounce back tonight after losing two of three to Vandy. I I my prediction for for tonight is uh eight to three. I think we I think we uh take care of business tonight and win eight to three. And I got kind of concerned after losing two of three to Vandy. Cause I was like, are we still going to be in the top 10 after this? But then like you always say, like <clears throat> baseball with baseball, you just never know. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. We didn't even move. I, and I think, uh, y- you know, y- you don't see if, if you moved teams up and down after every, Series loss. I mean, it'd just be pure chaos in the top twenty-five. So, especially you lose two of three, two hard-fought games against the fourth-ranked team in the country on the road, you're not going to get penalized a whole lot for that. Now, if you lost two or three again, you'd probably slide down a little bit. I don't care if they're ranked third in the country; it's it's you know you you would start to they may start to question you a little bit. You probably wouldn't even move out of the top ten though. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're playing the when you're playing the best competition, like you know we've seen teams lose to LSU two out of three and you know, they didn't even move at all because it's like you're playing the number one team in the country. I mean, how much are you going to penalize a team <clears throat> for losing the number one? You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're not good. It just means they're really good. So, uh, yeah. And so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, you didn't see South kind of move. I think it made a lot of sense. Um, and, I mean, so it's, it's tough to move up as well, too, though, because, I mean, those teams and, – and there's a lot of preseason bias that goes into – the rankings that I've talked about before I mean you'd be foolish not to think that but as long as you're staying in that top eight and you're in that national seed conversation you're in a good spot
5: yeah for sure
3: mm-hmm.
5: for sure and uh, I think like I said yesterday I definitely think if the season was to start next week which obviously we got a several months until then I would not be surprised solely based off of what I saw Saturday night if Lenore Sellers was the starting QB, If, the, or not the starting QB, but the, if he was uh, QB2, if the season was to start next week. I would not be surprised. Mm. He's got a lot of upside. He's an athlete. He played very smart, didn't try to overdo it. And that's what you want
1: out of your quarterback. Yeah. No, for sure. He so, showed you that. I mean, the, the combination of size, speed, escapability, the arm strength. I mean, we, we all recall that one play where the ball snapped over his head. He picks it up, runs out, and throws it down the field. I mean, that's just that – almost. it's one of those things you just can't really coach, that type of athleticism and the arm strength on the run yeah. like that. So. You know, I, I'll say this. Maybe there's some overreaction in regards to, like, Lenora Sellers is going to win the Heisman. He's going to lead us to – you know, we had our guy Ryan in the Big Cock Club Discord. I don't mean to call him out, but he literally said, if if Lenora Sellers doesn't win a national championship, his, his career didn't meet expectations. I'm like, I think that's a little aggressive. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think certainly he's got the skill set and the tools to where – I mean, I could undoubtedly see him starting for South Carolina next year. Like, he just – he has – he looks the part, at least early on, I think as long as he's developed properly, which we believe he will be, um, there's no reason why he can't be a big-time SEC quarterback,
5: for sure. And and well, that that that's all I got. I'm
1: I'm done. <laughs> so, Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you calling I in as always. I yeah.
5: Would, oh no problem. I'm uh, I'm all out, and I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, man. Sounds good. Appreciate you, Robbie. You're the and man. Safe
5: travels to Fort Mill.
1: Yeah, yeah, Thank for you. sure. For they've sure. Traveled. I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
5: You too, buddy. Yeah, right, man. Bye-bye.
1: Great stuff. Robbie Davis, as always. Fantastic to hear from Robbie. Uh, let's see. And, yeah, Lenora Sellers, guys, I'll say this. Maybe there's some overreaction. You know, I was – honestly, I'll tell you this, because I know my guy, Bruin Nation, joked with me, and I, I agree with him. I, I thought I was going to, to catch – Hell, <laughs> I thought it was going to catch for the masses for my take on Luke Doty, but I think at this point, it's just almost so no brainer that nobody got upset, which is funny. But, um, you know, whatever, whoever's QB two this year, does it really even matter? They're not going to play hardly at all, right? Hardly at all. Although I'd love to see Lenora Sellers get some snaps, play his four games and still take his red shirt. Right. But. I don't know. I like I, I I'll tell you this. To say that today like Lenora Sellers is going to be QB1, there's no doubt next year. Maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction cuz you never know. However, to say that Lenora Sellers is going to be a major factor in the quarterback battle next season and could be QB1, that is absolutely fair. That is absolutely fair, right? So, you know, he's got the skill set. Again, you you just don't find a lot of guys with that size, that speed, that talent, that ability, the arm strength. It, it's all there. I mean, it's, it's all there. As long as he's developed properly and you surround him with um, with quality pieces, and they've got quality pieces on the way, I don't I don't see any reason why Lenora Sellers cannot be the dude. Now, hey, may the best man win. I don't have a I don't have a preference. I don't have a preference. At the end of the day, you kind of have to. Yeah, you, you kind of have to trust your coaching staff and who they throw out there is is who obviously they've seen in practice and they say this is the best available but uh man it's just hard to ignore the upside that that just the raw talent that uh Lenora Sellers has Guys, I, I want to speak to something by the way that speaking of Luke Doty that dropped yesterday and the fan upstate right i went on mark ryan's show and, and it you know <laughs> mark and i think it's diesel that throws the that throws the tw- Out. They, they've got a way of positioning headlines that get you to chime in, to click, to engage. And I respect it, right? That's 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 half of, like, being able to market your content on social media, that's a huge part of it, right? Because on one hand, they they posted something, you know, Mark's comment, I'd, I'd be surprised if any opponent holds South Carolina under 30 points. That tweet has 836 impressions. 836. The tweet of my segment going on their show about Luke Doty asking, What would I do if I was Luke Doty? Right? That one's got 38.3 thousand. Now, the headline says this With Luke Doty seemingly falling down the South Ghana quarterback depth chart, should he transfer? We put the Spurs up shows Chris Phillips in Luke's shoes and asked him what he would do. And he says, dot, dot, dot. So I'll even say this. After reading the headline a second time, it's not a misleading thing at all because I was asked, Chris, what would you do if you were Luke Doty? And I know what Luke Doty's going to do. He's a game cock through and through. He's not going anywhere. But, and I'll say this. I, I know that fans gripe and complain about players hitting the portal. Where's the loyalty? Like, there's no loyalty to the school. And and in some instances, right, and I guess that's what kind of sucks is we just kind of have to connect the dots and make the assumption of why certain guys are in the portal, right? Like, like some guys, there's no secret it's a bag. Jaheim Bell, he left for a bag. Marshawn Lloyd, he left for a bag. Because it ain't playing time. It's not playing time. So, it's either, you know, You don't like your coaching staff. You hate the school you're at. You hate where the school is or the location, which those all three of those things are really weird because you're the one that chose the school in the first place. And so unless the coaching staff has been fired, like I don't know what could have changed to where you're disgruntled with that. So the other reason is playing time or it's the bag, right? So in those situations, if fans want to be disgruntled, so be it. But When it comes to a guy transferring because he wants to play more, like, miss me with the whole loyalty thing. Miss me with, you know, what about your commitment? Like, guys, there is no glory in sitting on the bench. So when I was asked what I would do if I was Luke Doty, and I'm not Luke Doty, right? And I don't know his situation. But I'll speak generically on just all college football players that these guys are highly touted recruits. Luke Doty was a four-star but they're highly touted recruits, right? They, they come to college with all this promise and hope. And, guys, everybody that goes to an SEC school, they got dreams of playing in the NFL. Pretty much every single one of them. They all think they're going to the league. And so what I just can't fathom is like, and you know what, if you're cool with just being an SEC football player and not playing and just getting free merch and going to the facility and chilling, that's your right. Blue Mountain State, maybe. We've all seen Alex Moran and what he does, the backup quarterback. He lived the dream, right? But I don't know, man. Like, on one hand, I just, I've been a college athlete, guys. Damn it, I wasn't a very good one. The stats are out there, right? I went to college and I shit the bed and did not play well. But I know what it feels like to not play. And it sucks. I mean, it sucks, dude. It sucks. Like, you go through all the work. You wake up at 5 a.m. for workouts. You go through every practice. You go through damn near more than the starters because you're trying to break through and start and get some playing time, and you still don't play and you get none of the glory. If a guy can go to a smaller school, go to a different school, and he can improve his situation and he can play, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. Miss me with honorable loyalty BS nonsense. Like, there's no... Honor in sitting the bench. there's no honor in it. There's no glory in it. There's nothing fun about it. It's just not. If you're gonna go through all the work that all everybody else got to go through all the practices, all the weightlifting, why not get to play? That's all I'm saying. If guys are happy sitting the bench, then that's fine. you know that I, that's their prerogative. But speaking from my perspective, Sitting the bench is not fun. It's it's just not fun, guys. It's not fun. There's no way to spin it. Just getting a jersey and trotting out there and being a big man on campus. Sure, it's got its perks, but it's not fun. It's not fun at all, and it wears on you, and it wears on you. So, you know, that's what I would do. I'm not Luke Doty, though. I'm not the Carry On Joiner. I'm not other. I'm not Colton Gothier. I'm not other guys that aren't playing. I just, you know, I spoke from my perspective on what I would do, but. I respect guys that just have this sense of commitment to, I want to be at this university and be an alum and 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 do my time and all that. And, you know, you have to respect it because it's such a foreign thing now. But at the same time with the portal, I just, I don't know why, if it's so easy to go somewhere else and play, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Just my two cents. Just my two cents. Uh, anyways, guys. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Ethan, do y'all think Birch and Lloyd regret regret leaving and go so far away and possibly get lost in the shuffle? I don't know. I don't know. And Lynn, hey, to your point, she said, I heard Luke, Luke Doty's planning to go to medical school, has no reason to leave. He chose, or I chose education for playing college basketball. I didn't want a liberal arts degree. Lynn, I mean, that's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. Listen, I started out as a biology major, hated it. That was a dumb decision I made. Um, <clears throat> switch to communications. Like I didn't even finish, guys. I don't know if people don't know that, but I, I didn't even finish school. I went to college for five years, didn't even get a degree. I'm an entrepreneur with no degree, baby. We're rolling out here. It's part of the story. School was the last thing on my mind. I didn't give a damn about school. You know what I mean? So everybody's got their own thing. And I'm not saying that I was I was cool for that. Like I I should have, I should have locked in and, and been better at school. Um, but you know. Everybody's got their own thing, but if you ask me, again, Mark Ryan posed the question, what would you do if you were Luke Doty? If I was Luke Doty, and I'm just solely talking about it from the football side of things, bro, I'd go play. I'd go play, man. Being a hometown hero is cool and all, but you know what's cooler? Being a starting quarterback. Anyway, just my two cents. Let's jump to the let's jump into a quick break, guys.
3: Taking more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the side. You're tuned to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back taking the questions, comments, calls.
1: 8437903377. <clears> that is 8437903377 here on this Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023. John Ever says, I think Lloyd is RB3 at Southern Cal. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. My guy G A. It's my guy G A in the uh, Big Cock Club Discord. Blue Mountain State. Dude, if you have not seen that show, find a way, man. (laughs) And, and dude, one of the – GA probably doesn't even know this. One of the all-time interviews we've ever had, we had the coach of the GOATs. Trying to figure out what's – Coach Marty Daniels. We had Ed Mabrenero on the show. This was back in, like, 2019, four years ago. But I had him on the show. So, an all-time interview if you've never heard it. I mean, just legendary. Like, like you would never expect. You would never expect that. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I'll post the link. Uh, let's see. I think this is it right here. Yep, here we go. It's episode... When did this drop? It was we were previewing the Kentucky series back in 2019. Here, I got I've got the link here. There it is. Yep. What an interview. What a time. May the 10th, 2019, I believe. May the 10th, 2019. That's when that dropped. That was, dude. That was that dropped before I even moved to Columbia. That's how long ago that that we did that conversation. But that was an incredible convo. That was so cool, man. I mean, just a legend, right? Like you would never expect to get a guy like that on your podcast. You, you would just never expect it. But
3: sure enough, sure enough. Anyways, guys, 8437903377.
1: That's 8437903377. Sports Center tweeted, Who's your favorite villain in sports? I'll ask you guys, who's your favorite villain when it comes to the Gamecocks? Is there anybody? I said that a lot of people probably say TSUS. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. No idea. Again, guys, South Carolina.
3: South Carolina taking on at Charleston Southern tonight. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Let's get back into your questions here.
1: Michael, Lynn, for people thinking six and six sounds right, you obviously don't follow recruiting. Our talent is better than last year. I don't disagree with that, my friend. I just think it's is that young talent ready to play, and I and I think my guy. I don't know if he's tuned in, but my guy made a great uh, made a great point that I think you know some of this season you could argue is based off of how your young guys play. How do your freshmen perform, right? I, I think a lot of this season comes down to that. I really do. I think a lot of your season comes down to how some youngsters play. So. Uh guys, this is thinking way ahead, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Wow, Jake Crane, by the way. Our guy Jake Crane says TJ Finley has an all SEC ego with FCS ability. He needs to hop in the portal. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. That is so funny. Um, anyways, guys, just looking way ahead. Looking way ahead. Uh, Next week will be normal for the podcast and the Daily Crow. The following week, okay? So I am going on a cruise. TSUS is hitting a cruise ship. We're going on a cruise. Saturday, April the 29th, we sail out, and we will not return until Thursday. I believe that's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you? I think that's May the 4th, if I do recall correctly. But we're going on a cruise that entire week. Yeah, Thursday, May the 4th. That entire week, there will be no TDC. Maybe we'll go. We'll, we'll jump back in at May the 5th. We could. I, why not? We might as well. May the 5th, we may have TDC. But there will be no TDC that Monday through Thursday. So quite a long hiatus from TDC. However, I've decided the podcast will drop. I've decided the podcast will happen. I will be recruit, uh, recording the podcast from a cruise ship. So first time ever in the history of TDC. That'll be a lot of fun. Or, excuse me, in the history of the podcast. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll record the podcast from a cruise ship. So, anyways, I, I'll, I'll update you guys more on that next week. But uh, just looking ahead, thinking ahead, uh, yeah, yeah, we will uh, take a vacation. It, it, the TSUS Spring Tour will end, and then we'll jump right on a cruise ship and go on vacation, if you will. So, going to be a lot of fun, but I'm getting Wi-Fi for the room so I can still stay active. And, uh, you know, I, I can't just fall off the grid for, like, five, six days. man. It's just, you know, you guys know I can't do that. You, you guys know I absolutely cannot do that. So, yeah. Um,
3: yeah. Anyways, Mm-mm. again,
1: guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven. I guess the big news today, in case you missed it, uh, in case you missed it. The ESPN FPI football power index has dropped. And South Carolina is 42nd. So do with that information what you will. Let's take a look at the SEC baseball schedule for tonight. Got a couple good ones. A lot of teams in action. Florida takes on fam. Tennessee, Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, Xavier. How about Georgia travels to Clem Sucks? How about that? Auburn, Samford, Mizzou, Mizzou State. UAB hosting Alabama. Vanderbilt takes on Indiana State. Arkansas State hosting Ole Miss. Ole Miss plays some really weird midweeks. Have you guys noticed that? I don't know. Arkansas, Central Arkansas, of course, Carolina, Charleston, Southern. And then finally, how about a good one here? LSU and the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns are going to baton rouge. That'll be a fun one. That's always a fun one. when Those two teams go at each other. So Wesley Bowles says, How did the transfer from Newberry College do it in the spring game? I don't have his stats pulled up, Wesley, but I thought he looked good. I thought he flashed. Um, to keep it a buck and, and be transparent, guys, to to follow up on the on the running back conversation, which I've, I've actually got a clip that'll drop basically right after TDC about the running backs and stuff we talked about yesterday. But and I don't think this is breaking news. I don't think you truly have an SEC caliber running back on the roster. I, I just don't. Not not a true RB one. Not a true RB one. I, I, do, I mean, do 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 you guys think you have a thousand yard back on the roster, like a, a back that's capable of it? I just don't see it. I just flat out don't see it. Um, again, I think they need to go to the portal and be active. And will they? We'll see. I mean, we we know Shane Beamer is known for doing so, but um, again, I I just I, I don't think you have one. So I th- I think it's important for the Gamecocks to get back in the portal. Hammer the edge, hammer running back, but get back in the portal and and, and take care of business in that regard. So, um, our good friend Brad Crawford, let me jump into this, guys. He ranked all 14 starting quarterbacks in the SEC after spring ball, exiting spring practice ahead of 2023. He gave them grades and ranked them. So, let's go down this list. You guys tell me where you agree and disagree. How about this? Coming in at 14. Coming in at 14. Dead last. Dead last, Graham Mertz of Florida with a C grade. Things are going really well for Billy Napier in Gainesville. 13, Robbie Ashford from Auburn gave him a B grade. Number 12, Brady Cook at Mizzou. He did not get a grade because he missed the entire spring with injury. At 11, Jackson Dart from Ole Miss coming in with a B. At number 10, Connor Wegman at Texas A&M coming in with a B. Number nine, A.J. Swan from Vandy. Coming in with a spring grade of A. Number eight, Devin Leary at Kentucky. Spring grade of B+. Number seven, Jalen Milro of Alabama. Did not get a spring grade because their spring game is this weekend. Number six, Will Rogers at Mississippi State. His spring grade is a B. And number five, Spencer Rattler. Spring grade of B+. I'm going to read his excerpt on Spencer Rattler in just a second. Number four, Joe Milton of Tennessee, Brendan and Dalton's favorite quarterback, coming into the spring grade of B+. Number three, Carson Beck at Georgia, a spring grade of A. Number two, Jaden Daniels of LSU, spring grade, not available because they play on Saturday. And number one, K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas, spring grade of B+. So let's go back to what he has to say about Spencer Rattler. He says, Spencer Rattler worked with fluidity within Dowell Loggins' first-year offense during Saturday night's spring game for South Carolina inside wiggins Bryce Stadium, hooking up with wide receiver one Juicewell several times for big plays. It looks like the addition of Arkansas tight end transfer Trey Knox will pay off in a big way for the Gamecocks this fall, and five-star 2023 signing Nicholas Harbor is going to get reps on the outside as well. Losing tackle Jalen Nichols to a potential long-term knee injury is something to watch for a team that could be looking at offensive line help in the portal. Rattler's 2023 numbers should be an improvement over over what we saw for much of his first season in the SEC. So, there you go. Fifth, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Lynn Turner, glad we didn't get Napier now. I mean, yeah, yeah, Lynn, I'm, I'm very glad. I'm very glad. Uh, it is surprising how it's going down there. And Florida's a tough job, though, man. Florida's a tough job. I mean, in, in regards to resources, you have them all. You've got history, tradition, but the expectations are just so high at a school like Florida. And if you ain't winning immediately, you, you, you're done. You're cooked.
3: You are cooked. Let's see.
1: Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Really, truly love the opportunity, guys, to come on here, talk ball, uh, conversate, what have you. Um, it's a fun thing, man. I, I really do enjoy it, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do so. So,
3: Mm -mm -mm. By the way, guys, quick question
1: for you. This came out last night, and I want to get you guys' thoughts. This is one where I really do want to hear your feedback. Arkansas gifted their players rings for winning the Liberty Bowl. And I say this sort of tongue-in-cheek because We've given out rings for winning bowl games. I don't recall if the Gamecocks gave out rings for winning the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. So, forgive me for not having that information on hand, and I guess if they did, whatever. It really doesn't even change this conversation because I, I just want to pose the question to you all. What do you think about it, giving out rings for winning bowl games, like small bowl games? Should something like rings be saved for winning... Championships. It just, I don't know. Like, and the Gamecocks, you know, gave out rings for winning 11 games, right? Back when Spurrier was there, they gave out rings for winning the, I mean, the, the craziest one I saw, I think it was, is it Hardy Sanders on Twitter? Yeah. Hardy Sanders on Twitter, who played at South Carolina back in the mid 2000s. And he replied to my original tweet and showed me a ring that he got from the Outback Bowl loss against Iowa. Now, to me, getting a ring just for going to a bowl game, that seems crazy, man. That, that, that to me, seems nuts. Just for going, not even winning the bowl game. Just for going? I don't know, man. That that just, I don't know. Like, and I'm not trying to be like the old man yelling at the clouds type deal, but what do y'all think? Fair or foul? Should teams award rings for just simply going to a bowl game? Should there be a cutoff in regards to, like, if the bowl, like, which bowl games you get rings for? Does that make any sense? Like, what what do you guys think? What, what do you think in that regard? Frank says, Nope, national championship, conference championship only. Lynn Turner says no rings for bowl games other than top tier, another 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 top tier, another
3: top tier, another 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 top tier. Okay, guys, we are back. Sorry about that. The hackers strike.
1: I have no clue what happened, but here we are. Okay. You guys still alive? Uh the rambling caller hackers. Damn you, sat. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it happens. I, I don't know, man. Is it just part of this show? It's just like death taxes and hackers. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's not the power. It's my power did not go out. It's it's just the the melon streaming platform just I think sometimes hits a glitch or the really what it is is the camera goes out. That's the biggest thing. And I so maybe I don't know if it's maybe if it's this camera. Um, I might look into upgrading the camera here soon and getting something a little bit higher quality, but I don't know. Eric Reese, what's up, my guy? Appreciate you, all your hard work, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your work, my dude. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Again, guys, an exciting week. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll have Mark Ryan on the airwaves, which I'm sure will be an electric factory. Uh, (laughs) Thursday, we'll have J.C. Sherbert, which will be really interesting to get his thoughts after the spring game and some updates on some injuries, obviously, some some, some rumors that are happening right now, right? So, going to be really, really
3: interesting to see.
1: Be really interesting to see for sure. Uh,
3: Austin, this is another Lloyd
1: situation with Jordan Birch. Where where are these rumors, Austin? And I'm, I, if they're per sources, I understand why nobody can say anything, but like, I just, like, where are they coming from? Because I this is the first time hearing of this. would be really interesting, though. That'd be very, very interesting for sure. Anyways, guys, let's jump into one final break on this side. I
3: want to continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking the questions, comments, calls. eight four three
1: seven nine zero three three seven seven. And I see many of you commenting. I'll jump straight into it. The Jordan Birch rumors. Uh, I see Bruin Nation asking Eric Reese. So, this was the first I had heard of it, guys, like an hour ago. But apparently, apparently, per sources, right? Here we go with the rumor mill. Apparently, there's a rumor out there that Jordan Birch is not as thrilled being at Oregon as maybe he thought he would be, and that there was interest from his side of things in him coming back to South Carolina. Again, I learned of this today. We will ask J.C. Sherbert about this on Thursday.
3: Um, so. Yeah. Anyways, anyways.
1: Yeah, apparently there is a lot of chatter in regards to that Birch would like to come back. Wild. Just crazy, dude. Just crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a situation, guys, where, again, it just shows sometimes the transfer portal can backfire.
3: Anyways, that's wild.
1: anyways got about 13 minutes to go eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven that's eight four three seven nine zero
3: three three
1: seven seven so Rubination says he can Dn D three earn his way back up the depth chart I mean, here's the thing. I'll say this, because I see a lot of people replying, and it's funny, right? I I think most people would expect me to say, hey, to hell with you, don't come back. I think it really would just depend on what the exit was like. Was there a severing of the relationship? Um, it's. I'll say this, though. It's it's hard to believe that there wasn't. You know, if you, if, and, and I think you have to ask yourself, I think you have to ask yourself, does Shane Beamer want a guy like that in his program? That That's what you have to ask yourself, right? For what he's building right now, I, I just don't know. Would, would Jordan Birch be worth what it would mean for your locker room, for your culture, et cetera? I I, I don't know. I don't know. That's That's a decision that Shane Beamer would have to make. I— you know, whatever my prediction means, I, I highly doubt it would happen, but we'll see. Apparently, Birch, though, would like to come back to South Carolina. That is the rumor, which is just crazy when you think about it. It's I mean, here's the thing. Birch's move made no sense anyways. He had a bag at Carolina. It may not have been as much as Oregon, but he had a bag. He had a bag. And, and I just, we talked about this when it happened. He was the hometown hero, right? He was a guy that even though the statistics weren't really there for a guy that had his recruiting profile, he was solid last year. I mean, he wasn't an All-American. He was solid, right? He was solid. That's it. But he was embraced and loved by Carolina because, and the fan base because he was a five-star guy that chose to stay home when he could have went anywhere, including Oregon. And so, I mean, his up and leaving, it just never made a lot of sense. And I'll be honest, a lot of it, a lot of the up and leaving didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, Jaheem Bell was maybe the only one and I think South Carolina honestly guys got a cancer out of their locker room from everything we heard about him and, and his interactions with the coaching staff strength coach specifically I mean I, I heard I heard a crazy story about anyways I, I won't even get into it but I, I think South Carolina I think that was the best move probably for both sides Jaheem Bell not being a part of the Game Cox football program but the Birch and the Lloyd stuff that was crazy I mean that was crazy you know what I mean Both guys starters. Both guys gonna be big time impact players. Both guys had impacts last year. Why? Why leave? Why leave? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Just crazy, dude. So I mean, if that if that is true and it sounds like it is, that Birch has serious interest and would like to come back to South Carolina. Wow. And it just goes to show again, the grass is not always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And it's tough, and you you almost feel a sense of, you almost kind of feel bad for some of these guys because they're not the only ones making these decisions. Got mom, got dad, got uncle, got auntie, got nephew, whoever it is, your agent, I don't know. But... Sometimes I think you have it—you have it much better than you realize, and you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You got to have some perspective and some self-awareness, by the way. And so you hear a guy like Jordan Birch might be interested in coming back. It's like, damn, you didn't realize what you had. You just—you just did not realize what you had. And we'll see what decision Shane Bieber makes if that is actually a thing. But again, it just goes to show. In this transfer portal era, you better make sure. You just better make sure because now you don't know, right? Now you're at the mercy of, does this coaching staff, does this program, do they want to take you back? And how will this fan base receive you if you come back? Honestly, I mean, I don't know. Be interesting for sure. Um, Bruin Nation, Chris, put that Twitter poll out there. You got more followers. Would Gamecock Nation welcome him back? I got you, Ruination. I got you. I mean, I... The, you know, I, I think this Ruination, I think more would well... I, I think he would be welcome back. I, I do, just because Gamecock fans... I mean, once he puts that Garnet and Black back on, he's a Gamecock, Ruination. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's a Gamecock once he puts that Garnet and Black back on. So, no matter how you feel about him, you're going to pull for him to do well. I mean, obviously. They're going to pull for him to do well because his doing well, like that's what I've always told people is that there's people out there that think I've got some, some, some not beef, but just like I dislike this player or dislike that player. I, I want this guy to not do well, that guy to not do well. I hate this guy, that guy. Guys, listen. I don't care who the player is or what sport it is. What's in their best interest and them doing well and having success means success for South Carolina. And guess what? Success for South Carolina, it means success for TSUs, and it means success for us all. It's good for us all, so I only want the best for all these guys. You know what I mean? Because I want to see South Carolina win as many football games as possible. Rumination says Birch was loved here. People out there don't even realize, or didn't even know he was, 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 even know he was,
3: even take his game to the next level and there goes my feed Let's jump to the phone lines. Awesome. Docu Systems. To accept, press 1. Desc-
1: What's going on? How are you? And there goes the call. I don't know, guys, hackers just I don't know who that caller was, but that call that that caller, I think hacked us a little bit. I don't know.
3: That caller hacked us. I don't know. That was weird. Just went out. We just went out for a second. Gavin said Russian
1: bots. Yeah, I don't I don't know who that was that called in, but if you'd like to try again, you're more than welcome to. 84379-03377. Greg Bedinger said in the Big Cock Club Discord that uh, to the ring conversation, we give out rings for going to bowl games. At least they did in the 80s. My friends on the team got one for the 1987 Gator Bowl. Okay. I mean, whatever. I mean, whatever. Reese, give me a stat line for Petri tonight. Here's a stat line for you, Eric Reese. 0 for 0 because Petri gets the night off. I don't know, actually. He might not get the night off. He doesn't need a night off. He's a freshman. Um, I'll go 2 for 4 with a homer. 2 for 4 with a homer. When in
3: doubt, just say Petry's going to hit a homer. Um, let's see. Josh says, off
1: topic, but how bad is Marcelo Zuna? I haven't watched a ton of the Braves, I'll be honest with you. I have not watched a ton of the Braves. Um, So, I can't really speak on it. Eric Reese, low-key disappointed that Cass has not been able to find some consistency at the plate recently. I mean, he's in a slump. He's in a slump, Eric. He is. I mean, I'm sure, guys, guys, I'm sure nobody's taking it harder than him because he literally went up against his... His old team, and went one for 11. I mean, I, I'm sure he wanted to have a much more, uh, much bigger return than that, and he didn't. So I, I know it sucks for him. It absolutely sucks for him. But, uh, you know, I think Cass is a guy, I think he'll get it going again. I, I, I think he will. I think he'll get it going again.
3: Let's see. Just Crazy. The FBI is just
1: crazy, bro. Just crazy. Austin Miller FanDuel has South Carolina as a one-and-a-half-point dog in week one. Your thoughts? I, yeah. I mean, it's shocking, dude. It's it's not shocking, but it's just, uh, you know, they're high on UNC. I mean, people are high on UNC. I mean, as the Gamecocks have shown guys, they don't care about being an underdog. They don't care. I think it's fair to say, though, that that UNC game, you could argue it's the most important game of the year. I, I know we've talked about that a lot. And, of course, we'll talk about that in the summer when I do my predictions. And then at that point, I will lock in what I think is the most important game of the year. But, guys, I, I, I've posed this question before. I've posed this question before. Could you not argue that the Sucks game is the most important? I mean, is that not fair? Like, I, I because I feel like... Let me ask you this. If you go... If you go 8 and 4, you lose to UNC week 1 but you beat Clemson Sox at the end of the season, I think you had a successful year. I think you could go 7 and 5, but if you beat Clemson Sox, people Clemson Sox, people Clemson Sox, people Clemson Sox, people Clemson
3: Sox, people Clemson 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 Sox, Sox. All right, I'm gonna close this out on the FaceTime camera because
1: I don't know what's going on with this guy, this Logitech guy. I might have to get a new one. I don't know what's going on. Jesus. Must-champ hackers are definitely on one today. Guys, and you see the difference in the camera. It is just not even remotely close. Anyways, anyways, interesting day. Some some days it glitches and, and some days it it's uh some days it it, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Frank says. Nine and three, you lose to Tennessee, Georgia, and Clem sucks. Is that a good? That's a good year. No, yeah, I mean that's absolutely. frank. if you go nine and three, you had a good year no matter what. I think you had a good year no matter what. Uh, guys, thank you all for your patience. By the way, I, I know the hackers are annoying. Trust me, they're ha- they're annoying to yours truly. So, I appreciate your patience and you guys rolling with the punches and uh, just kind of rocking with us either way. Truly, I, I I mean it when I say thank you because some people would be turned off by it, and not tuned in, and you guys. Continue to show up, and I think it's because we just kind of keep the yucks coming and keep it transparent that, hey, you know what? It just happens, so whatever. Either way, guys, hey, we've hit 2 o'clock. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.
5: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming,